podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Strike! Tell me something I don't know, Ump. Well, unlike that nasty curveball, there aren't any surprises when you finance your next car with Carvana. You get real terms personalized for you right in your strike zone. Really? Steeride! How am I supposed to focus when you're telling me about Carvana? Well, Slugger, you gotta keep your eye on the ball. Just like you can keep an eye on your customized down and monthly car payments. I can customize those? He's out and on his way to finance his next car with Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Paddy stepping in hosting duties this week. And I'm joined here today by James and Miff as we cover all things Celtic. Great getting to say that. That's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Celtic hit four goals for the 15th time this season at the weekend as they blitz past Aberdeen on match day 26 of the Scottish Premiership. And all eyes now turn to Sunday as the boys return to Hamden, targeting the first silverware of the season. James, another good performance at the weekend. Plenty of goals again. How did you enjoy that one? And what's been your moment of the week with the boys? Uh, Just, it was an outstanding performance altogether. You know, they're, they're really just, you know, People saying that Celtic Rangers are on a par now, and I suppose Sunday will be the, the teller on that. But the way we are dispatching teams, and you know, Aberdeen had a good go in, in various parts of that game, but they couldn't lay a glove on us, they couldn't retain the ball, was, was their, their biggest thing. And we've known about him for long enough, but it was a bit of a Rio Hitati showing us really who he is, you know. Um, in terms of my moment of the week, I really liked what Celtic put out on Saturday night get yourself a hype man like Alistair Johnson. Everyone who scored, he was just going bananas for them, you know. So, and that's a guy who's just in the door. So it shows you that you know we talk a lot about Angie's culture and culture beat strategy and all that kind of stuff. If the culture is right, you can bring new people in and they get it, and away they go, you know. So you can see Johnson's really got that already. It, it looks like he's been here for years, so he's my moment of the week running about chasing scorers. I like that one. I, I kind of clocked that as well, and he's he's actually done it quite a few games. Um, I think it does speak volumes the fact that we have opened the door up for all these players to come in. And players are settling so quickly. But you also have to say a big well done to the likes of McGregor, Forrest, the ones that have been there for a while, to have that open kind of culture for them to come into. So it's, uh, it is really good to see. No, no cliques. No cliques, I know, I know, uh, definitely. And I, you can just see that they all want to play for each other and, and help each other. Um, yeah, really, really refreshing to see. But uh, definitely a good one. And just talking about your man Hattati there, I, I totally agree as well. I think that was like the coming of, uh, just in the sense of... Next level. Next level. More, more is, to come. Aye, aye. You know, is he really good enough? <laughs> I think you can... Is, is that you? Is it? I, I'm only joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No this time. Um, brilliant. Miff, what about yourself, man? It's obviously cup final week. How are you feeling about that? And, and what's been your moment of the week as well? Aye, ho, Paddy, ho, James. Uh, ho, listeners and watchers. Uh, I'm, how am I feeling? Nervy, I'm, I'm no great. I know. I'm no great, <laughs> to be honest, regardless of the flying form that we're in. No great. I could tell you a few stats to dampen your mood and things like that, but I'll no bother because we all might be excited. We will be a positive podcast. We'll thanks, be positive. Thanks, how do I feel? Um, Saturday was amazing. Uh, the words of John Collins, the passing, the moving, Everything. the tempo. Everything. <laughs> that, that, it was like that for Minute one, Aye. sometimes you sit down and you're seeing you just know they're on it. Mm-hmm. I think it started with Jota, a few tricks and a, a shot away. He was good. Really, really just set the stall out for the day. Um, moment of the week, it's actually a, a repetition for me, but it's again the way that Ange is handling the media. And even though the moment of the week derives from that, it just shows such frustration. There is no wonder fan media 
um, it's becoming more popular for fans themselves to listen to when you listen to the draws that the managers get asked and oh, what do you make of what David Martindale said about you and yeah. stuff like that you're like come on guys you're paid journalists go, yeah. give us a wee something something about the game something about analysis anything like that you know it goes both ways I'm saying that you know on the other hand it seems Michael Bull seems to thrive on, on, on those questions to, to try and create a bit of a stir but controversy whereas I think it just shows how sharply focused Ange is on the next game that is that is his mantra just about like being better the next game and the way that he just dismembered well, his hands in his head to be fair it wasn't like he just batted it off with it but the, the way that he's dealing with them and, and the, the kind of derision that he's treating them with is, is fully deserved and I just think we've got someone so focused leading the club it's just so important for us and it's going to lead us to even further success you can see how expansive he is on fan media questions compared yeah. to press questions traditional press questions and you know pretty much across the board because those fan media questions are thought out they're interesting interesting around Celtic Football Club and the football and the squad and the things that we're interested we're not interested in the fluff that goes on, on around about that the sports media are mm-hmm. and that just shows you the chasm between fans and the media and if they don't address it you know they'll, they'll end up just you know dwindling in terms of clicks or circulation or whatever it may be as, as they already are yeah I think it was the pre-match conference on Friday that really stuck out for me and yeah. the question he was asked um, by a, a mainstream journalist basically you know just try to get him involved it's, it's like playground patter yeah and and for me actually reading some of the, the responses online of what we're actually saying fan media fan media fan media just a, a heads up on that one fan media will come last at these press conferences we always will yeah and what I would say to, to, to listeners on that one and, and viewers is that we are we, I, I hope you get I hope guys realise that we are asking this as fans 100% for these guys it's to sell the papers it's to sell them and we, we see so many people say I'll never read this red top again there's a good reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a totally yeah. good reason I think it comes for the heart when it comes from from some of the fans not to say that every question's right but no no see see, um, when Yen signed yeah. so it was the, the player press conference kind of thing summer's day so I've turned up a wee bit early they're already going when I got there I thought yeah. oh I'm late so I've just pulled up a chair alright boys here we go right fine and they're all turned to look at me they're all the press I thought they were fan media uh-huh. I get this guy out of here <laughs> that two tier system yeah. so we were shunted off to a corner well they did their, their bit and then we did ours kind of next door and stuff like that that, you know, you wonder where Celtic's interest really is if they're keeping it two-tier. You know, what does Ange want? Ask yeah. him who he wants to talk to. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Anyway, guys, we'll have a look at what's obviously coming up in this week's show for yourselves today. Um, so we'll get started with this week's big debate as we look at the interesting new proposal made by the Green Brigade, the boys and sections of the North Curve. And they're looking at the safe standing areas around Celtic Park. A, a right good, good debate, that one, I think. Um, then it's time for this week's Mystery Celt. I'm sorry, guys, I'm going up against you this week. Um, I've thought Still. long and hard about it. Uh, and Miffin, no, it's not Paddy McCourt. But obviously, yeah. Um, it will be one week. It will be one week. And listen. It won't ever it, be any week. It'll be the week that you don't guess it. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, yeah, I'll be trying to outfox you with uh, another, I don't know about famous Excel, but we'll... Uh, Obscure, obscure, aye, aye. And it's not. I was going to go with Olivier Capo, but I just thought that's that is really unfair. So it's no him. It's no him. After that, we're going to then look at a a listener's question, um, which obviously this week is uh, from one of my good friends, a guy Thomas Cameron. um, So we'll come on to that a bit later as well. 
and then we'll finish this week's show by bringing you something which we think you'll enjoy um, in this week's Celtic Media, uh, which I think James has got something for us yep. this week as well. So, all good to get going. Let's go, go for it. Let's go so, for it. obviously, yeah, the first thing I mentioned there is obviously we're looking at the the debate around the the, the old Celtic again. So, basically, the proposal that many of it many of us will have seen uh, in recent days, which has been put together by the Green Brigade and the boys and the North Curve. Um, basically, for any of you who haven't seen this, we will share the video in the show notes for this episode. But essentially, the suggestion is that Celtic convert the traditional Celtic end at Celtic Park, officially known as the Jockstein stand at the moment, into a safe standing area. This would be similar to what we have already in the Green Brigade section at the corner of the North Stand and Lisbon Line Stand. Um, lads, there's a whole lot to play for with this proposal and many fans have been voicing the pros and cons over the weekend. But what's your initial response to this in general? Yes, but. Yes. So I, I think it's a premise. I think it's a great idea. Um, you can start to see. So I suppose, first of all, are the Green Brigade and the boys pals again? Are uh, pals, is that? I think that they want to move ahead with this one. I don't know if they're pals. Um, I, I, <laughs> well, that's a problem in itself. Well, do you know, I, these supporters groups all have their own identity, I suppose. So I wouldn't go into the full depths of what I've heard I would in like that to, sense. I would like to know that we're all pals before that. Well, we're, we're they're all, basically putting them in amongst another. Oh, absolutely. But I think then you maybe look at a tier each. <laughs> so I think it's only bottom. I think top wouldn't get standing. Because, right. you know, safe, standing, Safety, yeah, tumble yeah. and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um where they are just now, obviously Green Brigade and it's North Curve and the boys, you know, in the uh, southwest corner, southwest corner. Yeah. Um, and there's a disparity. So they're singing, they're singing and there's a kind of void in between and it just doesn't really work. So anything to bring that together, you know, I'm all for. Anything that improves the, the atmosphere in the stadium, yeah. I'm all for. I would actually go further and I'd like to say I'd like to see it as part of an overall stadium revamp mm -hmm. and take the, not the south stand, main stand, up to the same level as, you know, Ferguson's stands. Mm -hmm. So if, I suppose it depends how ambitious we want to be. You know, we know these guys can, you know, create great atmosphere. And I think that, you know, the, the, the kind of pattern of falling of Dortmund and the rest, it clearly works, you know, so it's a logical step. Um, broadening, out, broadening it out a wee bit, there's all the great stuff that the Green Brigade do in terms of community work, charity work. But broadening it further... Some of the stuff they do that, you know, it's, it's not great. You know, if you're an away fan in Europe or in Scotland and you go to take your seat and you're not sitting there because you're sitting there, that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a wee bit of, we're all Celtic fans, but I'm a better Celtic fan than you. That kind of attitude doesn't doesn't work for me at all. I'd say the club could help out with that and say, here's a Green Brigade block of tickets mm -hmm. for away games that could solve that, you know, and a stroke of a pen kind of thing. But I think there's a lot to be discussed there and a lot to you know, decipher as to what we actually want going forward. And it's got to be a, a you know, whole stadium approach rather than these guys want this, you've just to shuffle aside. Yeah. You know, I suppose they've put themselves in a position with some fans where they're now asking for favours to move and it doesn't need to be that way. You know, it can be cohesive and we can all be moving forward together and that's where I'd like to see it go. So I think on that one as well, just to, to kind of clarify on that, they, they do get, allocated areas they do get allocated tickets but what they have is a massive following that aren't actually so, under the aye, allocation I agree with that there's so, a lot of hangers on yeah, kind of stuff yeah, yeah and yeah. this is where the slight issues can be caused with that um, I've experienced it myself yeah. you know um, I don't think I've actually sat at my seat at an away game that's no. been on my on my ticket yeah. Um, but yeah I, I think it, um, that can be the issue with that um, hopefully something they, they can look at you know like getting that right because uh, that again 
would buy some respect from other fans there's, as well. There's maybe a bit of self-stewarding required, yeah, you know, possibly. and then, you know, the guys are well able, you know, oh, to do that, you know. Ab- absolutely. Miff, what about yourself? What do you think about it? Um, I pretty much agree with most of it, what James said there. Um, anything that improves the atmosphere of the stadium is a, a plus for me, and, and it clearly does. Uh, I also quite like the the possibility of that being behind the goals, I mm-hmm. think, as a, as a spectacle, mm-hmm. it would it would certainly improve uh, what's already a brilliant atmosphere or an atmospheric ground. Uh, what you just have to be wary of here, though, is the fact that what's been in place has been in place for so long. Yeah. Seats may be generational, things like that. You know, it becomes quite emotive mm-hmm. when when things like that are involved. You know, my granddad sat there, and my dad sits there, mm-hmm. and my sons, all that type of thing. So. When, when things like that are involved, I just, like James says, it's about the cohesion and how we communicate moving forward and what's actually achievable. Yeah. Probably the most important thing, but as a concept, I'm, I'm all for it. I, Absolutely. I think, I think there's always a practical solution, like, as you say, if communicated correctly, you know, in terms of how you manage that, because it's a much bigger number than they've got just now. So you're displacing a much bigger number of fans. You're not going to fit those fans back in the North Curve so mm-hmm. where did they go do we don't have a season ticket anymore you know True. If, I, if I was sitting in Jockstein I'm not standing but if it was Jockstein I'd be sitting going well am I not getting a season ticket anymore but then also I think that there will be appetite from those sitting in the Jockstein that will probably want to be involved in this as well uh, I, I do generally think that that is you know there is an appetite for safe standing I think at the moment um, there's 2,700 fans around that it's in the safe standing section at the moment and they reckon it's the, the same amount on a waiting list to get in there so there is appetite for it That that's the bit I think is key is is understanding there probably will be a fairly large swathe of people that are already sitting there that would be game for it so that's the bit we just need to be careful on when it came out um, that they were that, you know they're, they're considering to push for us um, I was sitting at the game on on Saturday and when you look at it you know sometimes you're just so focused on the park obviously but when you look at the size of Celtic Park, it would be something incredible. I think. I think it would be an amazing sight if we, if we got it and we we done it right, and you know they, they set up the right way to show different types of displays that you kind of see over in Dortmund. Uh, with I'd, the yellow I'd love to see it both years if we could find a way to safely do that. Incredible, you know, it would be absolutely incredible. Um, I also think as well, there's a lot of logistics. So we've got a, a disabled section um, in, in that stand as well, as well as the number seven um, seats as well. Um, are they season tickets? Or number are they, seven? Uh, or is that... Page you play, can I think? I think it might be page you play. But there might you, be some corporate tables. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so I, I don't know if the, the arguments to be had to even try um, the opposite side but then the opposite uh, side the control room and the new disabled section the and new, the yeah, audio yeah. room you know the safe audio for um, people who want that kind of thing and also if the negotiations were to happen down the line for a bigger um, bigger away section for the, the derbies um, that would rule that out as yep. well so it is it is the area or they want take all the tickets off them and never give them tickets <laughs> and no, I, 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 would, uh, I, would, I would go for the bigger allocation I would but it's, it's zero or all it used to be. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point as well, to be honest. So obviously with that atmosphere, obviously we've seen that at the likes of Dortmund and others. You can see why there is a desire from some um, at the Celtic part to get on board with this, can't you? Like, I think, um, I, I wonder if there's people on the board that are probably, you know, wanting this debate as well. <laughs> They've got a fractious relationship with the board, you know, fans groups, because... Sometimes, you know, John Paul Taylor does a power of work, mm-hmm. you know, keeping the, that relationship together and he's, he's the go-between. And sometimes in the past, you know, they've 
put up banners that John Paul had thought were going to be something else. <laughs> it's things like that. And don't get me wrong, I probably loved the banner, right? Yeah. But um, that that's that's not great in terms of keeping that relationship with the board. I think the board, I think they're certainly more educated now as to what fans groups can do. You know, it's not just fans moaning or whatever. You know, we create you know, the fans groups create the spectacle and they raise everyone else's participation in the game. So, I think they're more open to it than they were maybe ten years ago or so. You know, so I don't know, but they need to start you know, making those moves and having those conversations. Now, which I suppose is what they're doing with putting out the release last week. Yeah, I think having a look at the pros and cons then. So with the match day atmosphere, there's no doubt that the Green Brigade plays a massive part in the atmosphere at Celtic Park on match days. And I think this could be increased dramatically uh, with this initiative, as we've, we've already mentioned. Um, current season ticket holders, like we've said, obviously many season ticket holders will have been in that section of the Jockstein stand for years, maybe reluctant to either move or even have to stand during the games. I'm obviously thinking particularly of older fans here as well. The cost and the logistics of it as well, because obviously no info has been released as yet and how much this would actually cost to implement, nor if the club would automatically be granted permission to do so if they wanted. And that a lot of the chat I've heard recently is with uh, the amount of people sneaking into the standing section, um, UEFA are actually not too happy with the way it's been used. Um, so I don't know if, if there's sanctions to be faced with Celtic and that, but then the answer to that is to create more space, isn't it? Uh, it's it's quite a difficult we one. Meet the demand. Well, yeah. I, th I think that's what it boils down to. You mentioned there about the, the people that are currently sitting, are standing there, are matched by the number who would like to join them. So it, I think it just makes sense to to meet the demand and, and create a bigger area. Yeah. It just boils down to, is it can it be achieved based on, you know, displacing people is always a bit funny, you know. Yes. So I think as long as it can be people that wouldn't be up for it or wouldn't want to, to stand if they can be moved to their convenience or broadly enough people can be moved to their convenience then I, I I would absolutely be for it I just think it would be such a great spectacle and would only enhance what is already a brilliant atmosphere yeah the, the standard thing you mentioned older fans as well there's an arrogance with that that mm. I don't like amongst some Celtic fans where I'll stand if I want and all that stuff and you've genuinely got you know a guy in his 70s 80s 90s whatever you know around you and he's like well I'd like to see the game, Aye. you know. I've paid, I've been coming to Celtic for 60, 70 years. I'd like to see the football. And there's a bit of, I'll do what I want. It, it doesn't work for me as, as who we are, mm -hmm. as, as a fan group, you know. I, again, maybe it's sectioning things off. It's typically Hamden, really, you know. Yeah. And we know Hamden's a, a shambles estate, which we'll come on to later on. Um, but, you know, do you, do, do you better section that by age groups and stuff? You know, there's, there's a wee bit of planning required there. Yeah. But if we do that, you can alleviate these things. I'll happily stand at these games, no bother kind of thing. But there's there's others that you know won't because they can't, and then it creates a wee bit of kind of stushy around you know certain lines of sight and things like that. So I think while we don't have sections, we all need to just be aware of you know what everyone can and can't do in terms of physically being able to stand or whatever. So yeah. I suppose that plays in with it as well. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. If the opportunity arose and it did happen, would you sit in it? Would you stand in it? I'm 46, mate. Hey, right, okay. Are you, are, you, are you going into this older category? Is that what's going on? Yeah. I take a new box. <laughs> what about yourself, uh, I would, I would. 
I, I think I would be. The boys are. The wee man's got to be what we did that soon anyway. Eleven now, so he's he's always. I mean, because we're we sit we're in the we're not as blind, so he just sits all game like that, watches them. Dad, look, look. Taps off. Oh, he He's just sitting rubbing his hands like, come on. So I he'll be he'll be game for that as soon as he's as soon as he's able. I just I think back to like obviously when we we spoke about yellow wall, but it's the families you actually see in the cop at Anfield I, I like that and there's a, a right element of this This is where the like generation upon generation is built in there as well I, I think that's quite a nice thing um, it's, it's something they've really got to try hard to protect with you know the the financial side of, of English course. football you know I saw, I saw a brilliant interview with a Liverpool fan outside the ground and he was just scathing mm-hmm. he said I used to go and I could stand anywhere or something and I would knew four or five guys or bumping over I don't see anyone I recognise anymore. It's all tourists, it's all corporate, it's all stuff. Yeah. So, you know, all, all the harder to for, for job for them to, to keep that and another reason why I wouldn't want to be in the EPL, you know. Well, similar club that we're obviously talking about, but I've seen a Bruce Dortmund fans complaining about their ticket price going up to €250. Euro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening... Mr Nicholson and Mr Law. <laughs> I'm just you, saying. You go, go and get my hundred and ten million pound TV deal. Well, aye, aye, aye. He'll be like, no bother, Paddy. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a good one. Um, final questions on it, guys. Do you want this to happen? Think, uh, yeah, I think you want it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the basic question is, do you, do you want the atmosphere at Celtic Park to be better? I don't think there's any Celtic fan that says no to that basic question. It's a, more of how do we, you know, route the path from here to there and how do we do in a cohesive and communicative manner and you know is there's, there's, there's some behaviour of and it probably is like you say Paddy the, the people that surround the Green Brigade or around the Green Brigade themselves some fans would say well I'm not looking to get more of that in my match day experience I would say there's some songs if you want to you know, open it up mm-hmm. some songs that aren't helping any push towards the United Ireland yeah. they're not helping you know any reputation of Celtic and there's a lot of fans not, not really myself included, but there's a lot of fans that really, really jars against. So how do you, you know, is is there a code of behaviour? Is a lot of you know songs we can sing and remember a lot of things that we want to remember, but move forward in, in positive ways. And I think just there's elements of that that are negative yeah. and a lot of fans will push back on it because of that. Okay. Myth? For me, yes, I, I would like to see it happen. I think it, you, you always have to evolve and move the club forward. I think this is just one small part of that. Um, even though, ironically, more standing spaces actually what you had previously. Aye. Aye. <laughs> but I think under the, the way that the way that football is now, comparative to other stadiums in in Europe, a, a larger standing space is it will be more accommodating for the next generation of fans who, whether we like to admit it or not, are the most important because yeah, they'll be the ones that take the club forward. Just an interesting one on. We're going to talk about a little bit about Fergus McCann later on. His initial engagement with Celtic was to loan them money to revamp the stadium, mm-hmm. to rebuild the stadium, essentially pre-Taylor report, and it was going to be 48,000 standing, 24,000 sitting, 72,000 uh, 72, capacity stadium. So you can maybe, if you do the main stand, you get to that. Because the plans, you don't, I don't think it would be, would be too different away from that, of mm-hmm. the stadium as it is just now. That's interesting. That's a good one. Um, next question, for, I'll go to yourself, my first. Do you think it will happen? Yes, yes, I do. I, th- I think there is a there is a genuine desire for it to happen from most. Well, certainly the fan groups are influential at the end of the day. 
they are, they are influential, especially amongst the younger mm-hmm. uh, members of the, the support. But I, ju- I just think it seems like the fact that we already have a small, smallish section of standing, I think the natural evolution is that, is to, to have a larger area. So so I, I do think it will happen. Yeah, I, I think it'll happen. It's a matter of, you know, right, we've got a, a brilliant test case here. We've got a, you know, a smallish manageable number. What's working, what's not working? Mm-hmm. How do we amplify what's working? How do we, you know, scale down what's not working, i.e. stop it entirely? Mm-hmm. And then take that and expand it and, you know, bring it into the new area. The, we won't be asked this question. I don't think any of us sitting Jockstein lower, so we won't be asked this question essentially. You know, it's not like it's going to go to, you know, the stadium and everyone's got a season ticket or beyond and say, you know, do we, do we have your vote? It's going to go to the, the people who are getting shifted. And then it's not really a voting basis. It's more of a, how do we manage you into a new seat and how do we keep you know, groups together. I mean, I used to sit with five or six of us together when we were in our, you know, twenties, early thirties kind of thing. And there'll be sections like that in the jock scene lower, I'm sure. And it's a bit of like, well, no, we've all got tickets together for the reasons. How do you, you know, decant them to, yeah. to a new part of the stadium? These are practical issues that, you know, all practical issues can be, can be resolved with the right people and the right attitude. I think it will happen. It's just a matter of, how and when? Yeah, I definitely think it's a case of when, not if. hundred mm. percent. It's a it's an interesting one, guys. Obviously, it's got the fans talking about it um, over the weekend there, um, and like I say, just watching the Aberdeen game and just looking at that stand, I thought, God, I, I could see that. So, what what did you feel from your seats on Saturday, where you could see the boys doing a bit and the Green Brigade doing a bit, and kind of swirling around in between disjointedness? I've kind of tuned out a wee bit, to be honest, in the terms of, I've, I've just, like, I used to be in the standing section. Were you not OG? I, no, 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 no. I, well, I was there for day one, but none to Big do drum paddy? Big drum paddy, aye, <laughs> aye. First to take my top off. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I learned pretty quickly that even if one of the biggest games, there was about five guys standing at my seat and I didn't yeah. know who they were and I couldn't see what was going on in front of me because of a flag and I was just like I was what maybe 20, 29, 30 and I thought I, I want to watch the game so I got the move up to, to 405 and love it up there absolutely Aye, great view and um, I get that there's both both sides of the coin though 100% there's a passion for it and there's definite definite hunger for it but there will be those that just want to want to watch the football yeah. um, but I actually don't mind the both both of the both of the groups at different ends Um can sound a bit mishmashed, absolutely. That's, that's kind of right, yeah. But it's good hearing a, a different variation of songs. It's good getting it from uh, a different part of the ground. Absolutely. I like your conflict. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like your conflict and negativity, that's your thing. Self, no, no, no. But we back, no, it's, it's good. I think sometimes that, you know, there, there's almost like an over-reliance on the Green Brigade to, to create the atmosphere. I think it's good that there's other areas of the ground that singing can start from. I think, I think it's just good that it's not overly reliant on one fan group I would say that that is true but the third part of that is that you know Celtic Park used to be you know singing all around yeah. and that's not really happening I know the Green Brigade was, t- was started to create you know atmosphere but yeah. everyone then sits back and waits for yeah, or yes, doesn't that. really get involved as much as they maybe used to well, yeah. I think this reopens all of that I really do yeah. a bigger a bigger vocal presence I think it reopens it so I think aye I'd love to see it I really would. Um, okay, guys, we'll move on. It's this week's Mystery Cell. Come on. Ready? Okay, so... Come on. 
We'll start with obviously a quick reminder of last week's mystery Celt for anyone who missed it. Um, so number one, the clue number one was I signed for Celtic for 350,000. Number two, I have 10 caps but no goals for Scotland. And number three, I've scored a goal in the Championship playoff final in England to reach the Premier League and I've also scored in the Champions League. The answer, of course, was Piro the hero, Stephen Pearson. So obviously, he started and ended his career at Murrabell. What did you think of his time at Celtic? Uh, he... He, he didn't really probably reach the heights he would have hoped. I think that's fair to say. Good mother old boy. <laughs> good our ladies boy. Won the Scottish Cup. We our ladies, did Piro. Aye. Uh, yes. Um, I know he's I know his brother really well. Um, so we were all delighted when, when he signed. You know, really local boy. Done good type thing. Yeah. Um, was sparingly used actually by, by Anil. Anil signed him, but it was a hard team to break into that time. You'd Lennon Lambert Petrov. And that's when he joined. He actually probably did a wee bit more under, under striking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he was in and out the team under O'Neill, done a wee bit more under striking. But um, I think P- Piro was one of those guys that absolutely maximised his, his ability. Mm-hmm. He, he was so fit and, and athletic, had a good left peg on him, but he, he was just such a willing worker that I really think he, he, he got a lot of his career just through his sheer hard work and dedication. Really, really well regarded uh, Derby County and also Bristol City as well. Yeah. And, and also by the, by the guys at Motherwell so all in all a, a great career represented Scotland um, represented the Shire very well well done <laughs> Piro son I always think of the game he came on for sacking at Tynecastle I just Aye. loved that you know he just he took took the game over 2-0 down the 3-2 3-2 yeah, yeah. yep, that's Brilliant. exactly yep. I mean, anyone says yep. Piro's name that's the game I yep. think of Aye. you know Aye. Aye. That, that's one of my favourite Celtic games oh, of all time yes. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. yes I watched that in the brass button which is now sadly closed watched that in Jacks and Donegal one. Oh, oh, it was a, was that right. Boxing Day or something? Aye. No. Uh, no. New Year's Day. New Year's, New Year's Day. Day. Big yeah, ones, yeah. big ones in Cope for New me. I'll never forget as well um, the hurt in Craig Gordon <laughs> when he lost the third Aye. goal, the anger. Aye. That's, that's not going away. Mad Jambo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so obviously with uh, Stephen Pearson, he signed for Martin O'Neill, uh, Martin O'Neill Celtic in January 2004. Uh, and with the club for three years before signing for Derby County in January 2007 he won the PFA Young Player of the Year in his first season and was part of the team that knocked out Barcelona in the UEFA Cup we'll forget about that as well um, won two league titles two Scottish Cups and a League Cup with Celtic as well as the 10 caps for Scotland James quite a, a, a mixed time overall at Celtic but a guy who who lived the dream as, as Miff said yeah, uh, it was a fairly tough time for Celtic in, in general. You know, there was a lot of changes at Celtic. You know, the the Martin O'Neill era giving way to Gordon Strachan era, and it was, you know, budgets were really changing. Um, I, I thought he was he was good without being excellent. And we were talking last week on the show about how a guy like Greg Taylor last year was good but not excellent, and now you just wouldn't see past him. You know, yeah. he's just got to be in your team, whoever whoever would have thought it, Miff. Right, I know. <laughs> See but on no, that one, see on that one, actually, when I was asking the guys if they wanted to pr- bring a question to the day's show, is he a candidate for player of the year? 100%. Taylor? 100%. Yeah. I think I think he might do that. Yeah. Honestly, he's been outstanding. Left-backs don't get to be players of the year most of the time, you know. Unless you're Emilio. Yes. But the point was on uh, Pearson, Taylor is where he is <laughs> because Ange recognised this guy can fit in my system. He's got intelligence to play in this system. And myself and Paul last week said, you know, if it wasn't for Ange, it could have gone a different road entirely. So my point on it overall is if there was an Ange-type manager at goal, the Pearson could have got more out of him. Mm-hmm. No, good point. Very good point. Um, okay, guys. So... Miff is just miffed that anyone said anything negative about <laughs> anyone from Motherwell. Never mind Greg Taylor. Uh, you can't You can't do it. 
you can't do it. There's a, a little defence thing, even if it was a, a Motherwell player. It's weird. Strange, strange place. <laughs> Carrying on Motherwell. Uh, okay, so we'll move on to this week's mother, uh, mystery Celt. Motherwell Celt, I was about Celt. to say. There you go. He didn't play with Motherwell. He's not from Motherwell. Right, so right, okay. I'm giving you that as a clue. Nothing was all them. <laughs> uh, again, as we've done over the past couple of weeks, the first 10 people who reply with the right answer to this week's mystery Celt on Twitter will be gifted a monthly pass with ourselves completely free and that's of the Celtic Exchange Plus so good luck for you guys on this one as well it is me that came up with this one it's not been Tino so you might get it very easily or you might say Paddy's never hosting again so we'll see how we go on well, let's see eh? lads clue one after my stint at Celtic I played with three English Premier League teams so after my stint at Celtic I played with three English Premier League teams not a Stan Petrov not a Sutton a Clue two. I captained my country at the 2006 World Cup. So I captained my country at the 2006 World Cup. And clue three. I was part of a team that knocked Celtic out of UEFA Champions League qualifying. So I was part of a team that knocked Celtic out of UEFA Champions League qualifying. So while the lads are having a wee think on that one, I want to give everyone a reminder of the additional content we provide over on the Celtic Exchange Plus we provide pre and post match podcasts for every Celtic game, and we have a very special preview episode on Friday of this week ahead of Sunday's League Cup. Um, we also try, sorry, we also offer special bonus episodes with ex players, coaches, and journalists. And if you haven't already done so, you can experience the Celtic Exchange Plus now, absolutely free with our seven day trial. Just visit the CelticExchange.com forward slash sign up to get started and enjoy all the additional content we offer to our subscribers. We've got subscription options starting at just £1.50 a month. So if you enjoy what we do and want to hear even more for us across the week, then visit thecelticexchange.com forward slash sign up now. Anything else? Evander oh. Slow, Evander Snow, Jerry Yarisic. Oh. Uh, Reggie Blinker. Timer is going, guys. Oh. Timer is going. You're a mess, you're a map. Three English clubs. Berkovich? No. Calling it. I'm sorry, boys. Petrov? Nah. It's been said. It's been Is said. Petrov? First name I said. Okay, lads. The host takes the lead. It's now 4 3. It's you now 4 3. Week. You can do it next week. I'll be back that yeah. side. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> worry. Actually, no, I'm not here next week. You know? <laughs> I'll be doing it for Aaron. <laughs> So remember, if you think you know the answer to this week's mystery sale and want uh, to win a, a month free of the Celtic Exchange Plus, then simply reply to our pinned tweet at the Celtic at Celts, sorry at Celtic Exchange using hashtag mystery Celt. It's a listener's question. It comes from Thomas Cameron uh, from Motherwell there, and his question is: uh, He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, his question for us today, guys, is Moy or O'Reilly for Sunday? I'll go to you first, James. Tough one. Um, I thought really he's been good these last two games. I thought he did really well, um, particularly against the Murray when he came on. He just showed a bit more, you know, free, playing with freedom, mm -hmm. you know, expressing himself really well. I thought he was involved in a lot on Saturday without being necessarily, you know, immediately, you know, assisting goals or anything like that. I thought he, he, was, he was good. Um, but then Moy, it's just very difficult to, to be keeping him out. So you're, you're really looking at you know, dribbling and creation and things that O'Reilly does versus picking excellent passes like Moy does. My heart says O'Reilly, my head says Moy. Okay, okay. Math? Moy for me. Moy? Yep. Straight, straight shooter? Moy for me, I, I believe he is in possession of the jersey in Angie's head. I think he's 
and just taking the last few games just to have O'Reilly play more of a part mm. in proceedings and I'm delighted to see it as well because I think O'Reilly's a, a huge talent uh, but it would be moy for me on the basis of contribution so far this year and I just think he deserves a crack at it Okay I'm mm. going to give you my view on it I have obviously been quite critical of Matt O'Reilly not what, every week what, what did Matt do to you Paddy? I, I don't I, it's just, just he's a handsome too, too handsome. he's a jealousy. handsome it's jealousy absolute I, jealousy it's no wonder it's total jealousy I've I, him and Jordan he's, he's, he is so <laughs> ridiculously handsome it's, doesn't he it's he just smoulders he just smoulders man he just stones like and my wife does this thing where she's like I, I don't see it to make me feel better <laughs> I'm like uh, you know Kate yeah. and you're uh, like, well I can on. say Mama sees Disney well she doesn't like any Celtic player no no she, no, she, she likes, likes this one <laughs> she likes Matt she's made an exception for Matt really. <laughs> ah, he's a good looking laddie he's a good looking laddie as they say so, uh, so you didn't you, you've not really kind of seen the breakthrough kind no. of the talent that a lot of people are but I, I actually think um, see on Saturday mm. I, I, I thought he was brilliant I thought his movement his, his movement yes for when we were on on attack I just thought see for getting the ball back he was he, he wanted everything he, he ran just ran his socks off he, he, he won every challenge that he went into and tried to get back even when like the likes of maybe um, Hatati or McGregor had made the mistake he was out there helping and chasing helping his teammates I always remember uh, hearing I, I think it was Guardiola said that you know you should always rotate the ball without like every four seconds it should be gone and if you lose the ball you get it back in that time as well and mm. and you know when you think that's quite a, a difficult thing to do it's extremely difficult and I was watching O'Reilly doing it on Saturday yeah. and that for me I don't know just gives me that little bit of hope that if he was to start on Sunday I'd feel I'd, I'd feel very comfortable with the two of them playing out but I just think for O'Reilly, I think he just gives us that little bit more dig in the middle. Do we lose that from Moy, who's more vision and retaining possession yeah. rather than pressing? And the reason I say that we maybe lose that is that the games can sometimes turn out extremely frantic. Mm. Uh, and I think, not to say Moy needs that extra yard or anything or extra extra second, but I'd rather O'Reilly grinds it out for an hour, tires their midfield out. I know they'll make changes too, but I think the calibre that they would bring on in terms of us bringing on Moy allows Moy then to start picking them off if he was to come on later on in the game, especially if the game's tight. Um, so for Hope me, I, tight. I, I don't think it will. I actually don't, uh, but that's another story. We'll come back to that. Um, I think, uh, look at his... It's only <laughs> one. Well, I'm allowed to say what it is. Yeah, you're, one. You're, make me, you're make me anxious, lads. Do you want a drink of water? No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> just keep going, keep going. I, I just don't want me think about it. <laughs> I think it's... I, I would be happy with either or. I really would, but... I think O'Reilly gets my vote. I really do. I I see your point there around the uh, like. I think since he uh, deputised for McGregor in that the number six role, defensive midfield role, really as yeah. you would call it, he, he was excellent there. It almost like coming back into the team, he he became so accustomed to playing that role that he he struggled maybe just to adjust back to the role that he had previously. Yeah, exactly. And he's only young. Time, yeah. He's only young, and you need to remember that. Um, but I I think. In, in his absence or during that period where he had a lack of confidence Moy being a bit older more experienced has obviously seen that and been able to just grab hold of it and do exactly what the manager needed him to do from that he's then gained confidence more game time and we've seen more of a range from, from Moy I just think Moy 
Whereas I really offer you a dig, I think at Moy, you're looking at his contribution being a, a match winning one offensively around passing, you know, he, he's, he's completely added assists to his game as well as, as, well as goals. So I, I think on that basis, I really played the last couple of games to allow Moy to be fresh for that. That's my, my view on it. However, well, I, 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 I took a knock in training, Friday. Did he? Yeah. Oh, did he? I yeah. hasten yeah. to add, I hasten to add. Not, not one that's keeping him out, but no. that's why he wasn't there on Saturday. I'll, I'll be happy for either. Yeah, to, to yeah, play. and I suppose that's a lot of where Andrew's got us to, you know, where the, the caliber is so high that you know you can have a, a preference for a player, but it's you know it's either or you be you be happy to see. If I can ratchet up the debate a wee bit, mm-hmm. please what, do. What did you think of Iwata, Tomoki Iwata, on Saturday? I, I think he is a very um, he's almost like a bit of a robot, just completely recycling the ball. He's just mm. going to constantly keep that ball yeah. moving over. He's not going to take any more than two touches, just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. It, you know, it, very, very impressive. I think when he fully integrates and beds in, it's got to be really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, he, he plays, like he says, on a swivel. He sees everything and he knows where everyone is. He knows when the ball's coming to him, he knows exactly who he's giving it to before he before he gets it. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball back really well. He's a big physical guy. I don't think it's in any way in contention for Sunday, but how would you feel about, say, the last eight games of the season, six games of the season, it was Iwata, Hitati and McGregor. Hitati, McGregor in the advanced roles and Iwata in the six. I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. And I think, that obviously, if we've got these players all playing consecutively, keeping them fresh, 100% it helps in our push, right? If, especially if, we're, if we are going to try and go for the treble. And I think that will probably end up happening is that rotation but then I'm saying that uh, you look at the, the squad he put out against St Mirren in the Scottish Cup last week he's really really comfortable with us 11 and mm. the only the only two changes we're really seeing is obviously um, Moy, Riley and Moy and, and obviously I know that Kyogo was out um, so we've seen O start at the weekend um, I think that will come into play because what I, I generally think he wants as well is just people just to understand what it's like to play at Celtic Park, get a feel for it, get themselves hungry because I think a lot of these guys that are coming in, yes, they will have a part to play in the running, but it's, it's, I always went back to it last year. It's that pre-season I think is so, so vital mm. for Celtic as well. Um, and I spoke about the likes of David Turnbull. You look at the amount of midfielders we have now. You just didn't mention Turnbull's there. Turnbull uh, started against well, St. Norm. Well, yeah. uh, I, I, absolutely. And again, but this is the... Uh, for those that are listening, Miff's pointing the finger at James what, there. Wagged, so wagged, wagged aye, aye. <laughs> For those that are watching, you've seen it again. A bit, a bit of a, a finger wagging situation. But anyway, okay. I think that, uh, yeah, there's so many people vying for these positions. But Postle Coglu is still kind of staying strong with just a, a, a firm setup. I mean, who, who would have thought we would have seen Maeda on the team sheet every single week? after this World Cup for example and, and there's been no grumbles about it because no. prior to the World Cup there was a lot of grumbling about yeah. Maeda a lot absolutely which, which was really annoying me despite his numbers still being you know pre and post World Cup his numbers are still yeah. outstanding yeah. you know um, and I've seen Raul Stanovich was back on the bench as well great to see yeah. promising yeah. absolutely yeah. promising uh-huh. and again it, what, I, what we're talking about at the beginning of the show is the culture that the players are all involved in I don't think we see any of these players sitting worried about sitting in the bench now. The only one we had was was the big man, yeah, who's, who's away yeah, now. You know, completely agree. I think still talking about Celtic. <laughs> it's like uh, you've got a job to do. Absolutely, I know, I know. So 
it's, it's positive. It's positive. Um, for, for everything that we have in place at the moment, for going for this treble, it's going to show real character from all of these players just to be ready to go. I think back to the Rafe Rovers game last year and the disappointment of the performance from those that came in and had an opportunity to show what they're worth. Yeah. That's the level. That is the level. So That's where Scales and the likes were getting a, a shot and stuff. You yeah. know, and, you know who, who knows what happens with Scales, but he wasn't ready then, certainly. You know, there's a lot of negativity. I mean, you heard that when the ball was getting passed back, <laughs> it just went bananas, aye, man. Aye, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's two ways of the cycling, right? Yeah. There's those that aren't confident and those that know they need to shift it over. David Turnbull. Uh, right, yeah, that's, that's a debate. That's next week's I'll question. <laughs> um, brilliant. So, I think, yeah, going into Sunday, I think we'll all agree we're, we're happy either or. You going to be you mostly leaning I'm towards O'Reilly? Mostly O'Reilly. What, what do you think about Moy would be slightly coming in cold versus O'Reilly having a couple of games under his belt? Nah, I don't no. think it would phase Moy. I really the intensity of training anyway. I look at the games he's come into like, like prior to the World Cup as well, yep. and uh, you know, we were all saying. Yeah, he's a few yards off the pace, but he, he's really assured in his performance and really assured of his role. Um, I think he's he's still going to be up to pace. Well, never mind a little knock there. I think he will be raring to go if he starts or if he comes in to the performance. I do. Just on the the one thing about Matt Riley, I will say that is annoying me is the gloves. Do you know what annoys me? I'm not having it. I'm not having it with a long sleeve. I'm not having it. It's not that cold. No, no, it's not. It's not a cold, Matt. Um, an honourable mention if we're talking about midfield I know we're not, we're, this section isn't a review of the game but the hang on a minute ridiculous consistency of Callum McGregor I mean it's, it's phenomenal I was thinking, I was thinking the game on Saturday myself phenomenal. yeah yeah I mean it, it, I, I think he's the best player in Scotland really I was going to give you a, a yellow card there for adding a section on with Tino not being here and just think just, you can no no no, no, no I'm, mock, man. But, I'm doing yeah. a James subsection <laughs> it's absolutely. merely a subsection that's, that's an end of season that's an award show, yeah. um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let us have a, a little. Yeah, we've got time. Right, okay. No, that's but you done you done a subsection in your data analytics. Did you try? Remember that, 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 that was me. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. That's, that's right, totally different. Absolutely. No, I, I mean it just goes without saying. One of the other questions I got today, and I'll put this one to you guys actually. So this uh, I think it's from me, Martin. Who's the more undroppable, Carter Vickers or McGregor? Oh, Marty. Excuse me if I'm wrong here, go that so question. So right, right. put, put the question in these terms. If you take one of those two out of the team for Sunday, who's it going to be? Oh, come on, man. That's just nightmares. It's solid, isn't it? I think there's... Do you know I've just said Cal McGregor's the best player in Scottish football and I'm taking him out? Oh, there's, there's really? Probably, there's probably better cover. But who are we? Like, so you'd anyway. be going... If you took Carter Vickers out, you'd be putting uh, Kobayashi in at the left and Starfield in the right. Whereas if you take McGregor out, you could put Riley in. Maybe even a water. Maybe even maybe a water. Absolutely. I'm just you know, talking for like maybe yeah. I haven't played that. And position. then you still get your Hitati Moy O'Reilly, you know, debate to have up, up front. That is really tough. Hey, great question, man. Great question, TC as well. Um who would you take out? Joe Hart. Aye. <laughs> 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 Sacrifice your keeper. Just play with ten. Aye. Any man saves. Put Cal Mac and goals. Aye. No, just if I have no, to sacrifice on, you've, a player. You've got, you've got no you it's those two. Aye, got to uh, take out. CCV I, or Cal Mac for Sunday this is oh, the game on Sunday I would time. take out uh, CCV right and just rotate that Kobayashi and Starfield mm-hmm. I mean I, I know I think, it's such I a think risk CCV sticks out like a sore thumb oh, at Celtic like oh, Van Dyke did yeah aye. completely did you hear his comments in Friday's press conference gave no, me a I missed that. tiny little bit of a worry 
Uh, someone asked him again, what a poor question. Are you playing at your best ability? Are you playing at your best level? I don't know who asked that, but basically his re response was, it's very hard to say because of the leagues. And Aye, that, but you get to play Champions League like a couple me a little bit, Just in case he's just like, oh, if I go and play in the Premier League, judge me then. Aye. You know, all of that chat, but we'll not go into that. Anyway, guys. Muff? It's a ridiculous question for a start. It's not. It could it's happen. A ridiculous it's a, question. It could happen. But it would, it would need to be Vickers in the sense that McGregor is just... 100% Stonewall on the team. He knows He's that. Your captain. He just knows that inside out as well. 100%. Go to be. That's my thinking. I want to change my answer. <laughs> or we could move McGregor to left back. Oh, oh no. Going back there. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, moving on to this week in Celtic Media. Each week here in the weekly show, we pick out something of interest that we've watched, read, or listened to that week in the world of the Celtic Media. Um, and basically it's something that we think you guys would want to possibly listen or watch as well. So this week's recommendation comes from James. James, um, you've looked today at the Fergus McCann, the man who saved Celtic interview by none other than... Jim Trainer. My oh, word. Of Satanta Sports. I'm going to leave this one to you because I, I'm not going to be reading something by him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a YouTube. Oh, is a YouTube it's video? 45-minute interview with McCann. Trainer doesn't get involved enough to put you off. It's, okay. it's all about McCann, really. From Wayne. 2005 right. back a wee bit so it's, it's going back but it's also six years after he left Celtic and 11 years after he, uh, the takeover you know so a, a, an interesting time that it all you know, settled down for him Aye. Um, I really would recommend it you know it's it, it gives you a bit of texture on we're talking about you know, stadia and what can do this and that none of it is there without Fergus you no. know um, so starting at the end he was asked a question you know the fans booed you when you uh, unfurled the flag and he said well, I hope they will understand eventually. And I think we understand now. Aye. You know, it was, you know, he quite openly admits he prioritised stadium over team. And I was, what, my 20 years old or something, or you know, not even 17. Um, and I was going bananas, get the yeah. money to stop that like, in their own, you know, spend the money on the team. And look at us now, you know, 16 in the last 22 leagues, something like that. Is that, is that the start? You know, he went long term over short term. Mm -hmm. Fans will always be a wee bit, myself included, you know, we need short term and to be fair recognised last year we needed short term success to build for the longer term I think the club did uh, yeah yeah uh, but in Fergus's time it was if I put in a 60,000 seat stadium we'll have an inbuilt advantage over our rivals forever absolutely you know so there's a lot of, lot of great stuff that he pulls out there um, he actually started talking with Celtic in 1990 his initial plan is the one we referenced earlier on to um, refurbish the stadium that he said that the board they were just terrified of change, you know. Right. You couldn't, couldn't get anything off them. Um, the I think we, we know that the bank situation. There was no rumours on that. That was real. So he put the money up without having any security over over that you know, loan he was given to mm -hmm. the club. Essentially, cleared the debt, and it was only the, the days after he managed to kind of buy the shares off him. The board charged a premium for the shares. That's why they were so hard to deal with. They charged a premium for the shares to go, even at that point where Felix could have said, "Well, you'll just go bust if I don't." buy them you know absolutely and an 11th hour effort Aye. as well imagine Fingers. going to that length yeah yeah uh. um, he said they did no marketing no management they had no plan at all you know so there's a bit of like you know Bank of Scotland were bank rolling rangers you know for whatever they wanted yeah. the defence I would have and that is like Celtic at that point had genuinely no plan what they were doing what when they were going to do it nothing and it was all because it was, it was self-interest so it's just a, a very interesting point it gets 
guess he's a good uh, couple of jibes into the SFA. Good. You know, how difficult they were about the Hamden. I mean, he was 400 grand be paid for that year. Aye, it's to rent Hamden. So not half a million. Is it? Aye, aye. Along those, those lines, you know, four or five hundred thousand. Um, there were stipulations put in place, like they weren't allowed to fly any foreign flags, whatever foreign flag we would maybe chose to put on the stand. Why would that be, you know? Mm. He said, you were working against, we had no friends in Scottish football, you were working really against it. Um, and he said him and I think actually David Murray were both dead against uh, refurb in Hamden. So he said, if you'd taken that, he said, you've refurbed the stadium to make it the third best in Glasgow. If you'd taken 64 million, which is what we got of public money, and put that into grassroots football or educating football or foot, football training pitches across, you know, you know, a Tory Glen style. <laughs> He said, imagine what that could have done for Scottish football instead. He just, it was vanity. Yeah. They put it into Hamden. So. And look at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to get a close look at it on Sunday. Can't go it, man. No. Awful, awful stadium. Terrible atmosphere. It's it's, it's awful. Aye. I, like, there's no, I don't see a, a, a plan or a route to try and, and sort that as well. So, yeah, that's, a, that's you, one you, for another you day. You raise it. Aye, absolutely. It definitely sounds like a, a good listen as well. And I always think back, obviously, um, McCann had the issue, Celtic had the issue with the SFA when it came to the cadet signing we weren't too long ago and talking yeah. about too and yeah, everyone was against us in that kind of, that term as well but absolutely I think without him, yeah, we're we're not as successful as we are today and, and the practice we have in place and the, the, basically the, the way the club is run is never, never to get into that position again as well and long may that continue. I think we're very, very clever on how we do it there's maybe been points where we've been too clever and held on to the money too yeah. much, but at the same time, um, we don't have an, a worry when the the reports are coming out, the annual reports or the half yearly reports are coming out and letting us know where we're at as a club. Even with COVID. Even with the, COVID. The way the, way the club yeah. came through COVID, you know. No, next one. Well, guys, if you want to listen to that, we'll we'll post a link on uh, we'll post a link on it on the website and also on our social media platforms as well. But yeah, definitely worth listening to. Any views in McCann yourself there, Ma? Just a hero, really. Um, as James said, at the time it was difficult because of what was going on across the city and you wondered why you were serving such a penance and watching Celtic when the generations before had enjoyed such success and in your teenage years you were watching a Celtic team just fail. I, I, I'm, I'm from Motherwell, as you know, I was going to school. Never mentioned it. I, I, I don't, I don't mention it often. <laughs> and um, Motherwell were a better team than Celtic for the early 90s they finished above Celtic in the league several times so I, it was bad enough think, bad enough taking stick I off I think we came second like four times in that period uh, you know in like a nine year period we came uh, second so four times Motherwell they put us at the Scottish Cup twice mm -hmm. in the 90s it was very grim that even the local club were better than you never mind <laughs> your big rivals who were you know trying their very best to emulate what we'd done in Europe as well as what sweeping was, the domestic honours not, not the view section was don't look now it's the 90s <laughs> 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 it um, so it was it was a really difficult time so the fact that McCann came in restored hope first and foremost which was the first feeling I can remember was right things are going to change now there was still investment in the team you know the likes of McCann Tom eh, Cadet Decanio we got to see all these excellent players coming but the the principles remained. There was an element of prudence, prudency, just to kind of see us through and make sure that we were never back in that position again. That we were never going to try and outspend someone just for the sake of vanity, as was mentioned previously. Well, we saw the result. You, you see the result in that. So we we 
we have been managed properly since sometimes maybe a bit too well yeah. when you could have listened to the purse strings but but overall McCann's legacy is the stadium it speaks for itself the fact that we are in the position that we're in just now is because of his long term vision yeah. mm-hmm. I always remember a only an excuse sketch about the Fergus McCann and <laughs> Tommy Burns I, and it's when he, he had to go and have a meeting with him and he had to put a pound in the door to open the door <laughs> he had to pay for a seat hire and then he, he's like do you want a drink of water and he says uh, I, how much does that cost he's like oh don't be silly Tommy it's, it's water so he pours them it and gives him the glass and he says yeah, give us a pound and he's right. like well I thought it was free he's like a glass hire <laughs> I think it was the same one where he did the right that's him packing up it you know filling his busy rocks box uh, and he's, as he's leaving Park Eric and I think you know it's all been successful and he went right I think that's him and he went oh light bulb <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. superb <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, well, fair play to the Burnett. Um, good on him uh, for everything he's done for this club. And yeah, it was hard then, but look at us now, boys. I know. Look at us now. I know. Take your medicine and it'll reward you in the end. James, we're in good shape at the moment then, scoring plenty of goals, and that's now 44 goals in 14 games since the World Cup break, which is incredible. How are you feeling ahead of the Cup final? And what's your final comments for the week, mate? I am myth worryingly confident. Okay. Um, I'm really looking forward to it um, because there's been a lot of media talk. I think the derby of the new year was, you know, a misnomer as such because the squad were depleted and you really can't read on that. The squad is flying and, and Ange's got them really ready for it. So you, there's been McGregor, Taylor, a few of them interviewed after the game on Saturday and, you know, the press are obviously trying to get their, their snippets and it's just... Looking forward to training Monday. Going to work hard and hopefully get hopefully get in the team. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you know, so I can get picked on on Sunday. Um, yeah, it's just another good time to be a Tim. Good man, brilliant. Miff yourself, mate. Oh, I get nervy. <laughs> I get nervy, lads. You know, I get nervy, uh, and I'm nervy. But kinda, aye, looking forward to it, but nervy. Nervy. That's it. I'm just that's you know, oh man, anxiety's ripping at me already. Oh, the only but, thing. Got over half in a game. <laughs> <laughs> every night this week right, up to it. Done. Um, obviously we're going to sit and uh, have a chat about this game um, later on this week yeah. on Thursday for, so it'll be with you guys on Friday and we'll delve into it a bit um, a bit deeper um, it's a big game for us obviously um, for me I just think yeah I, I agree with James I think that that, that uh, game in, in January I still thought we played pretty well Um but did, we, a, did a 20 minute period yeah that yeah. was it and it was they were lauded for it yeah. so that's good if that's your standards absolutely I just now they think, get reminded of their standards now you know I think if we if we show up I know it's easy to say but if we show up then aye it's our, it's our trophy um, but anyway that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly a big thanks to James and Miff for joining me today and as always a thanks to you guys for listening Remember to send your mystery cell answer to us on Twitter for your chance to win a free month of the Celtic Exchange Plus. And beyond that, don't forget to visit theCelticExchange.com forward slash sign up where you can start your free seven day trial. In the meantime, for myself, Paddy, hosting this week, a big thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again this time next week.
Social Podcast Network.